Andre Segovia Show. This is the Andre Segovia Show, and I am your host, Andres Segovia. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the program, because today is part one of a two-part series of my interview with my first personal trainer, Shana Lay. And I'm excited about this because it gave me a chance to reminisce on how far I've come along in my fitness journey, but also to uh, remind you that there are other ways to be able to reach your fitness goals. But Andres, what does this have to do with real estate? If you're new to my program, then you probably missed out on the part where I say the, the show is about real estate, tech, and life. I focus on real estate to be able to show you which is the path to wealth, to retirement for you, to build your estate, to have income that you don't have to worry about. This is your financial planning for your future. Technology is a tool that can help you manage this area of your life and every other area of your life to make things better for you so you can work smarter, not harder. But in order for you to keep going and doing all that, that's where I get into the life coaching aspect of things. That's why I've been motivating you on this program. That's why I've been showing you different avenues in which you can stay determined and committed to what you're doing. And because we're still technically at the beginning of this year, and if you felt you've fallen off the wagon or already fallen short of your resolutions that you made out, that's why I don't make resolutions. I set goals. That's why I recommend that you do so too. And that's why I'm, I've been emphasizing this, while this on this early part of the year because I know how hard it can be. Because once you establish and set a habit, then you can get going and all you got to do is maintenance later on. But it's how do you stay motivated? How do you stay determined? And if you haven't even started on your resolutions yet, well, it's never too late to start. Don't wait till the next year around. That's too late. You can always start today. And if you enjoyed my episode on crushing your health goals with Cecilia White, uh, based on the program that I did too, and you think that that's too much for you? Like, oh, Andres, I don't want to just do weight loss. I, I like to do some exercising too. Well, the best way for me to recommend to, for you to do it is personal training. The reason being, because once I was transitioning out of weight loss into fitness training, I knew that if I didn't exercise right, I could do way more harm than good. So I dealt with a lot of physical ailments and I was always concerned about that going into fitness training. Like, oh my goodness, uh, I come from a history of this. How can I do that? And what was super awesome was being able to do things I didn't know I was able to do before. And it was all possible because I was, I was coached right. I was trained right. And my interview today with Shayna is someone I met at, an, at a gym called No Excuse Fitness, a private gym with personal one-on-one -on -one training in Costa Mesa. Shout out to them. I recommend them. Um, when I was transitioning from weight loss to fitness, uh, I, had, I was interviewing with different gyms and they were all competing for my business, obviously because they want another member. But what attracted them was the fact that I already had nutrition down. Everyone preaches nutrition. There's a saying, the fitness journey is 80% nutrition. But if you can't train so long as you got your nutrition set, you're not falling behind which is why you're keeping up. Nutrition is that important. And the fact that I had that down, everybody, every trainer was like, dude, just come, come into our gym and see how we can make this happen. We'll see if we can work on your budget and this and that. And it came down to two gyms, one in Anaheim Hills and one in Costa Mesa. And even though the one in Costa Mesa was further away, they were able to work better with my 
on my budget. So I ended up going to North Street Fitness. And I remember the day I was gonna go train. I didn't have a trainer assigned just yet. I kind of said, surprise me. And I was looking through the trainers list on the, on the website. And at the bottom, they had a, were introducing a, a, a new trainer. So I'm like, I, you know what? I hope I don't get hurt. From my perspective and from where I was coming from, I had insecurities about myself. And, the, and I, I felt more secure having a, a, a guy train me than a girl. And second, uh, she looked like she could kill me. <laughs> she had a, she looked like had a killer's, uh, killer instinct. So like, oh, and that kind of concerned me. It's like, I don't know. She looks vicious. So when I arrived at the gym, uh, the, the owner, Richard, he told me, oh, I'm going to pair you with, Ch- with Shayna. Like, oh, that's the one I didn't want. And she kicked my butt. First day. And I got to tell you, because I went three times a week, every Saturday I was assigned with her. I kept looking forward to that Saturday. Shayna was laser focused. It's like, screw small talk. You're training. And she kicked my butt time and again. It was awesome. And we kept in touch ever since. She is a certified trainer. The nutrition certified as well. She's just an all-around awesome person, and it was just so good to be able to sit down to just uh, to to just connect after a while, and just to hear where she came from, a little learning a little more about her background because I've been following where she's been going on her own training journey because I didn't know a lot of the stuff that we ended up talking about at the time. So he, getting some more background knowledge on it was super awesome, and hopefully you learn a lot about her and you like her enough to want to uh, train with her. If you're on this journey that you want to, or if you want don't know where to start, you can start here too, and if you really want to get your butt kicked she's the one that's going to be kicking it <laughs> so uh, this is my interview with my first personal trainer that got my fitness journey going Shayna Lay and I started off by asking her where she came from so I moved to California three well oh my gosh almost four years ago now so it was July of 2016 from Dallas and I had lived in Dallas for about nine years mm. um, before that I grew up in Kansas Oh, okay. I mean, um, you weren't a Texas girl. Yeah, no, I didn't grow up in Texas, but I lived there for nine years before moving to, to, um, to L.A. Um, stayed in L.A. with my brother for a couple of months and then made it down to Orange County. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely a Cali girl. <laughs> I'm definitely yeah, a Cali girl. You're not, you're not leaving, I know. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I drove through Kansas, because I was on a road trip with the family. That was late teenagers. I remember something by a gas station. I think it was outside Topeka. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't remember. Topeka, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a gas, sta- a gas station. And they had a shirt, and it's and it was like a like a comic strip. It's like I drove for an hour. I saw grass. Then I saw sheep. I saw a telephone pole. More grass, sheep, telephone pole. Next time I'm flying. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's all you see. No wonder they call it a flyover state. (laughs) No, but yeah, it was. It wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. It's the heart of America, totally flat. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the Great Plains for you. But you, um, well, since not every you weren't born a trainer. It's, uh, it's, it feels like it though. <laughs> it does. Okay. But, but no, I wasn't. So, I learned some things. So exactly. So how how did you exactly come about to um, I guess what would I'm assuming you have eating habits like you can relate to us mortals that you had eating <laughs> habits that weren't exactly healthy. I'm assuming, or did, um, what made you change from whatever you were doing to uh, I guess fitness. Yeah, you know, mine wasn't really like a a transformation per se. You know, I had a when I was, gosh, probably 20, I think I was 21, 
21 or 22. Um, I had a, a girlfriend uh, that I was hanging out with at the time. She, um, we met just out like at the club, you know, cause when you're young, 20 something, you're just out and yeah. we met and, um, hit it off and like started hanging out all the time. And she hired a personal trainer and she was like, yeah, I, you know, I want to do a fitness competition, this and that. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Good luck with that. You know? And uh-huh. so, um, so she, she started weight training and working with this trainer. And then after like three months, her body like totally changed, like completely, three complete months. transformation. I mean, this is like hardcore, like focused, no drinking alcohol, like three months, her body totally changed. She started doing competitions. Um, and then three months after that, her body like totally changed again. And it just like kept getting better. And like every three months I was just like, Oh my gosh. So it was like by like the ninth month or something that I was like, I was like, well, I want to do that. I just want to like look like that. I'm not trying to compete or anything, but naturally competitive. So as I started, you know, and then I got a trainer, started working, you know, working out, getting trained and then my other friends were like, well, what are you doing in the gym? You got to show me, oh my gosh, like your legs and that. And, and I'm like, they're like, oh, teach me. And I'm like, nah, like, I, like, I don't really feel like it, you know, whatever, like, or I'd take them to the gym with me one time and they would be like, oh, I'm so sore. Yeah. They don't, they're lazy. Like, I don't want to do that so much. Uh." So then I stopped letting them come with me, um, to the gym. And yeah, it drives me crazy. So, and then people started telling me like, oh, you should be a trainer, you know, and, and make money doing it, you know? And I was like, no, I mean, I'll help my friends out here and there. Like I'll bring them to the gym and we can work out or something. But I, I don't really think I would enjoy teaching people because all my friends that have come with me to the gym, they show up there like begging me to come to the gym. Let me come with you. Let me come with you. And I show them what my trainer taught me. And then they just complain and they're lazy and they do it like once or twice. And I just got irritated by it because I was so focused and dedicated myself that I was like irritated by my friend's laziness in the gym. So I was like, no, I would never want to, you know, coach people. And at the time I was like working as a cocktail waitress and in retail. Mm. And then finally, after a couple years, you know, I started doing competitions and stuff. Um, and then finally after this was in Texas, this was in Texas. Yes. Um, and so after like a year or two, it was maybe like a year and a half of competing and getting in like the best shape of my life. You know, I had so many people like asking me questions and, um, so I was like, you know what? I think I do want to like be a personal trainer. So I went and got certified and then, um, started making money doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. I get to like live in my yoga pants. I don't have to dress up anymore and go to the (laughs) office. You know, it was, it was awesome. Um, and it just kind of went from there, you know, and Mm -hmm. it, you know, I know for, for some people it's, it was like a transformation, but mine actually, my transformation actually came way later. Um, kind of, uh, a weird, a weird thing. Uh, you know, growing up in sports, uh, my whole family were always in sports. So we never really had like weight issues, um, as young people, but, uh, I got into the competition world and I had hired another coach, um, to help me with nutrition and dieting. And I'd already been a trainer for a couple of years at this point. And, um, you know, like, just being coached to diet incorrectly, like very low carb and very low calorie for a very long period of time. Um, I was competing for like two years and never really took any time off. And it's very hard on your body. Like the 
bodybuilding shows, the diet mm. is so strict and it really doesn't have to be. This is just like people who don't know what the hell they're doing, coaching people who don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. So, um, but you get results, you know, when you, when you first start cutting carbs and calories, you, you get results right away. And after a while, you know, it just slowly, um, breaks down your metabolism. It doesn't work properly anymore. So you just have to keep going lower and lower if you're trying to stay lean and you really just can't do that. It's not sustainable, you know? So my transformation came when I finally, some things in my life, my personal life changed and I I couldn't have like the competition as a goal. Right. So that was not on the horizon to help keep me in quote unquote check. Right. Mm -hmm. With my diet. And at this point I had been on such a hard competition diet so strict. I mean, literally like five foods on the list. It was like chicken, broccoli, almonds, sweet potatoes, and pre-workout basically is all I ever ate. (laughs) And so going from that rigid dieting to, Oh, now I don't have competition coming up and I don't, I'm not with my trainer right now. And I have all this stress going on in my life because of my personal issues. And I just fell off the wagon hard. I mean, I don't think mm. I had had like a carb, like a pancake or a real brownie. I had protein brownies, you know, those mm. disgusting things. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, I didn't even have cheat meals for like almost two years mm. and which is like just psychologically wrong. Like don't do it. It's very like, it sounds weird to say, but like my psych- my psychological relationship with food was like very bad mm. because I had demonized all these foods like, oh, this is bad for you. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. And it was like, you could only eat this short list of clean foods, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I didn't have the competition on the horizon and it was kind of like, I had no discipline. I was only disciplined from an external date of doing a show or, mm-hmm. or like, you know, my coach was making me or, you know, it was very external. And so there was no internal, like I'm doing it for me. I was doing it for these other reasons. And, you know, it, it was such a weird thing. But anyway, I fell off the, the clean eating wagon really hard and I started eating. I remember it was IHOP pancakes oh. and I just, I, I was like, it was like literally like crack. I mean, I was like, I'd like eat it and I've never done crack, but I would assume that it would be like that. Cause it was literally, it felt like, like I, the first time I went, I ordered like a stack of pancakes. I ordered like a couple orders mm-hmm. and this is how bad it got. But, um, within that first month of being free from competition dieting and I had no accountability coach or anything like that. I was just kind of like, ah, you know, and I'm going to eat all the things I haven't eaten in the last two years that I've been wanting deep down, you know, but like suppressing that. And, and it was, IHOP pancakes was like the thing. So I would call in an order to go. I would go drive, pick it up, get in my car, eat it on the way home before I would even get home. Like literally like 10 pancakes and that I would do that for lunch. And then later in the day I would call it in again and I would do that for dinner. I would go again and I did this. And within that first month I put on 40 pounds in a month. Which is 40? No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, it was very rapid weight gain. Wow, that's crazy. And I did this maybe two, three times a day. And for that first month I put on 40 pounds. And after that, it was like, I could not stop eating sugar and things like it was all the things that I ever wanted to eat. I, I physically could not stop myself. I remember like making a trip to IHOP to do my usual pancake run and 
within a couple months I had outgrown, well, within the first month I had outgrown um, even my sweatpants and I couldn't fit into any clothes, like any of my nice clothes, hardly fit into my gym clothes. Thank goodness they were stretchy, you know, but <laughs> yeah. um, looking back now, I kind of laugh, but at the time, you know, I had never dealt with in my life, like ever being overweight, you know, mm -hmm. at that point, you know, I'd been a trainer, I'd been competing for years and I was always kind of like the friend that was like the fitness person, the healthy friend, you know, that people yeah. would come to for advice. And here I am like a trainer and I'm, you know, I think at my heaviest, I got up to 165, but, um, and I'm, I usually walk around about 135, 140, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so that, that was pretty heavy for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I had never experienced that before. And, um, I remember one of the days that I went to IHOP and did my usual pancake run and I'm driving in the car and I'm literally crying. I'm so upset because why, I'm like, why can't I stop doing this? Like I'm, I'm overweight. I'm not even hungry. It's just, it was like this, this need to eat these pancakes because I kept telling myself, I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. Mm. And psychologically I knew how strict and rigid that diet was, but that was all I knew to get lean, right? That was all I had been coached or taught or had done in the past to get lean. And so I was like, oh, don't, I won't worry about the pancakes I'm eating today because I'm going to start tomorrow. And I would wake up and I would try to be really strict and rigid again. And I just, I just could not because I had gotten a taste of that sugar or that whatever that I had just like hardcore, like got on the healthy bandwagon or whatever you want to call it. So it was like just opening a floodgate and I just couldn't quit eating. And it was kind of, it was really upsetting and... I finally realized, you know, like I, I had never been mean to my clients before, but there was a part of me that couldn't understand, you know, when I would get a client that would come to me and, you know, they're, they're struggling and I, there was a part of me that just couldn't quite understand because I'd never been there before. You know, I always tried to be very compassionate and as understanding as I could, but having not experienced that before, there was still a missing piece, you know. And, and I was always kind, you know, but, um, looking back, I think it was one of the best times in my life or one of the best, not times in my life, but <laughs> one of the best things for me to go through in my life that helped me to really understand what that felt like to not fit in my clothes or to not be able to stop eating or to feel really guilty and sad about eating and exercise and all of that, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that went on for a couple of years and, um, I had to basically re-educate myself on how uh, to eat properly because no one coached me on how to eat when I wasn't in competition. I only knew like very restrictive eating or eat everything. There was no like, how do you live normal life in between? And not saying it was my coach's fault, but it was just, you know, being young, inexperienced and well, I got results like getting lean this one way. Why isn't it working? And so for a couple of years, it went, I had this kind of battle with food and couldn't fit into clothes and I would lose weight, gain weight. And, um, but I finally had to, it forced me to educate myself on nutrition, proper nutrition, um, and not getting on any kind of extreme diet plan, you know, as far as like overly restrictive eating, um, it caused me to um, learn how to train differently, not just train like a, like a bodybuilder, like just weight training and, and steady state cardio, but how to train like an athlete yeah. to 
to be able to burn off the energy, to be able to eat a higher calorie intake and stay in shape, you know, or, Mm -hmm. um, but I was in a place where I was overweight and I had to be okay with being overweight while I learned and while I trained, because basically I had to retrain my metabolism to work for me again, because Mm -hmm. I had shut it down by being so low calorie and low carbohydrate for so long. And, um, you know, and then on top of all that, being a woman, hormonal and that fluctuation, you know, it's harder for women, you know, because we have the hormone fluctuations and hormones Mm -hmm. have a lot to do with weight loss, you know, as, as you know, and, um, you know, even for, for some men that the hormone thing can be an issue for weight loss. So it was like, Oh gosh, like I had to learn so many things. And I, I look back now and I say that that was probably one of the best things I could have ever went through because for the number one thing, it helped me to be even more compassionate toward people. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't like mean, but sometimes I would just think like, why can't they just do it? You know, like I'm, I'm laying out the plan here. Why can't they just do it? And it was just that part Maybe I never said that to them, you know, but I was thinking it. Yeah. And, um, and, and I really deep down, I really wanted to help people. And so, you know, it, it caused me to be a better trainer. It caused me to be much more compassionate on such a deeper level. And, you know, now I have a transformation story. Now I'm not just like, oh, you've been in shape your whole life type Mm. of person. Of course, it's easy for you, you know, like just genetics. Yeah. And, and so, you know, my transformation is a little bit different, but it definitely was not only external transformation, but internal also. And it just caused me to like step up to the plate and just, I had to like accept, okay, well, I wrecked my metabolism. I studied, I learned, I figured out what I did and how long it was going to take. And it literally took two, two more years to get my metabolism back on track. And so it was like a period of about four or five years there that was just really, really hard. Um, but also one of the best learning curves that I could have experienced as like a fitness professional. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing when I was going through that two years of struggling with my weight and the, the food and all of that, like I was really embarrassed professionally you know, because I'm like, I'm supposed to be a trainer and here I am. I used to be in shape and now I'm out of shape. And how am I going to explain that to people? Or how am I going to get new clients? I felt like a fraud. You know, I felt like, like no one's going to believe me, you know, no one's going to hire me to, to teach them, you know? And, um, you know, it, it, it just caused me to step up to the plate and just be better. And no, that was, you could say your, your motivation. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like either stay where I'm at and unhappy or learn, figure it out. And once I did figure it out and realize the time that it was going to take, this is the harder part too, about like the fitness thing, you know, that a lot of people are like, Oh, I get a lot of clients asking me, how long, how long is it going to take for me to get in shape? Yeah. And I'm like, well, first of all, first of all, What does that look like for you? Because everybody has like a a picture of what in shape is for them. You know, Mm -hmm. not everybody cares about having, you know, washboard abs or wants to look like a bodybuilder, you know, and then, you know, some people do. So it's kind of like when people ask me like, well, how long is it going to take? I'm like, well, as long as it takes, you know, like, and that is the answer, you know? And, and for me, when I sat down, I was like, man, you know, I'm, you know, 30 pounds overweight. I cannot lose the weight. I couldn't cut a calorie and lose weight to save my life. My Mm -hmm. body would not respond to cardio, would not respond to cutting calories, 
nothing. So I had to just like, okay. And I did all the research on metabolism and, and all this stuff and all the studies, all the research I did, all of the podcasts, all of the scientists and doctors, it was going to take me two years if I did it right. That's not even counting falling off the wagon, right? And getting back on. That's like, if I stayed on track, I would, it was going to take me two years to get the weight off and get my metabolism back in a place where it was going to work for me and not against me. And you talk about like, oh man, like that's a hard, like two years. Like I don't want to do it for two years. Well, two years is going to pass regardless. So you can either do it or not do it. And in two years you'll be the same. And I was like, here I am like faced with the exact thing that I potentially talk to clients about. Mm. And I'm sitting here like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, well, I guess I have to. But what, what made you want to finally just do it? Like when you saw that monumental challenge in front of you, like what is it? Oh, let's do it. I didn't like how I felt. Mm. Basically to, to sum it up, I was like, I don't sleep well. I don't feel good. I don't have energy. I'm sick of my own shit. Mm. You know, and it's like, well, you did this to yourself. I couldn't blame other coaches or whatever. I hired them. You know, (laughs) I paid them to, to teach me the wrong thing, you know, instead of trying to maybe in the beginning, learn and do some research on my own or whatever. I just relied on somebody else fully, like without even attempting to learn anything. You know, you told me you, you've done like a ton of research and you're so into it. Like in the beginning when I was like, Oh, I want to do fitness competitions. I just like paid somebody and trusted them. Mm. Didn't even do research on that person. You know, I just knew that they trained my friend and da, 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 da. And, you know, but I, I learned, you know, obviously over time that, man, you, you got to learn a little bit for yourself and what you can't teach yourself. Then you hire the expert. Right. And, and I know not everybody is that way. And, and I, I know there's all different kinds of coaches out there. Um, And I'm not saying anything wrong with like trusting someone fully because I, I know who I am and I know that someone could just trust me fully, but I, I still even challenge my clients when they hire me. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm telling you this stuff, but research on your own. You know, when they come to me and they're like, Hey, I want to do keto. What's your opinion? I tell them my opinion. And then I tell them do research on it though. Like I did research on it and this is why I have this opinion. Now, if you're asking me about keto and you're curious to do it, go research it more. But if you're just going to take my word for it, it may not be what you need or want. Right. So you've got to like do your own research. And, um, so I still even encourage my clients to challenge me, you know, like challenge me what I say and go look it up for yourself or try, you know, to like learn because I can tell you what to do all day long with nutrition, but really in the long run, you really learn from your own mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, like you really do. Like we, we try to take in information as much as possible, but we really learn from our own mistakes too. Yeah. yeah Cause it, it could also be information overload. Mm-hmm. So that, okay, that didn't work. Trial right. and error. What does? <laughs> exactly. And that's how it was for me. I wanted to do my weight loss journey two years prior to what I ended up doing. And I didn't do uh, that because I don't have the support from from uh, my wife because she didn't believe in it. So then two years later, I said, look, I'm desperate. I got to try something. Something's got to give. So I went with the, this, this program because 
I, I knew somebody that was on it too. But based on my own research, I also knew it's not about like a fad. Like let's take Atkins for example. That's the that I have so much fun throwing shade at at Atkins because I just hate it. So it's the stupidest thing. But some people some people say they have benefits from it. It's like yeah, it does more harm than good depending on what you're getting at. But where I was going, what I wanted to get to was not like something I want to transition out of. In that, all right, now I can start eating these things again and incorporate into myself and maybe throw throw my body out of whack. I wanted to change my habits in my eating for something balanced. So the program that I was on was I could enjoy everything that I was enjoying just in way, way less. And when I started eating just so many more greens than I ever had before... You had greens? I had greens. Okay, one thing changed. I loved eating vegetables after that. Mm-hmm. One thing that didn't change, I still hate cauliflower. <laughs> that never changed. It's, I hate cauliflower too. It's, it's broccoli. And now it, cauliflower can be anything. Somehow they turned it into like the ideal husband. It's pizza crust. It's rice. Yes. It's, what the hell? It's pasta. I'm like, like that is know. not a husband. You better put that cauliflower in its place. It's broccoli sickly cousin. That's the way I look at it. No. no they, they, that's the one thing that never changed. Only one um, meal company, um, that, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to them, Auntie's and Meals, they, uh, uh, the chef, he likes using cauliflower. And I'm like, dude, stop killing me here, man. It's like, ugh. That's what sometimes I'm like, I need yeah. to get another meal because there's not enough for me to eat here. The rest Even is cauliflower. The cauliflower rice is gross. Yeah. But, but this one time, I, I don't know if he roasted it or something. He just did that cauliflower. I'm like, dude, just flavor He's determined here. to get you to it's eat It's like... It. This is how I'll eat the cauliflower. It's like, boom. That was the only time. Deep fried and covered in, like, <laughs> buffalo sauce or something. Like. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. But, yeah, it, you know, it's... Um, uh, I, I, I admire uh, what I've seen from you in the past two years. You're like, yay, she's just like me. But then hearing uh, you tell a story of literally where you come from, it makes me relate all the more. Because we all have challenges, and that's kind of the point where I wanted to sit down. It's like, we, we all have challenges. Mm-hmm. How do you as a trainer stay motivated? And you had your own journey. Mm-hmm. And that was, I, I guess, you, well, I'm calling it phase one. That's what I know of you. Mm-hmm. But phase two was, I, there's a difference between exercising and training. Exercising, it's like, it's like eating. You do it because your body used to do it. Training, on the other hand, now you're pushing your body beyond just... Okay, I got to do it because it's, I got to do it. I got to put in my, 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 my calorie burn for the day versus I'm getting at something, which is training. So maintaining versus getting somewhere, right? You were training for, what was it, MMA mm-hmm. or jiu-jitsu yeah. or both? Well, I train uh, jiu-jitsu, so MMA is mixed martial arts. So it's a culmination of different martial arts, a lot of different ones. But uh, yeah, I did an MMA fight in October last year. Has it really been that long? Yeah. No. <laughs> I thought that was around like Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was October 20th was the date. Oh yeah. my goodness. Dude, I literally, I literally thought like last month. I'm like, oh, it's like wow. And as your first, it was your first time. So as your, as your first experience, mm-hmm. oh, can we talk about that? Though? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I didn't do that in the pre-interview, but how, what was that like for you to finally get to do something that you've been training for like you're training for that goal man so it was awesome let's say that like it was it was awesome it was such a great experience um scary you know 
scary but exciting. You know, I, I was scared. Um, so just kind of a little backstory on that. Like I had started training jiu-jitsu in Dallas. Um, when I moved to California, part of moving to Orange County was that there were coaches here, these really high level MMA gyms that I wanted to train with. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I want to train with the best coaches because I don't want to get hurt. Right. I want to train with like elite coaches who, who coach, you know, like guys in the UFC or women in the UFC. I want to train with those coaches because they know what the hell they're doing. And this isn't a game. Like you're getting in a cage to fight somebody who wants to almost kill you, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just short of killing you. That's what they want to do to you. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go and like do this, like, uh, you know, uh, like 5k or something. This is like serious. Shit, right. So it was like, not only did I need to like be athletic and fast and like endurance and all of those things, but I had to be, vicious and smart and have like a fight IQ, which means move your head out of the way when you see a punch coming, you know, like, and don't just stand there and take it. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, so preparing for that, you know, I had made a goal the October before the one year before, because I'd kind of been like, yeah, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I I don't know when, but I I want to. And I had been training jujitsu for a couple years already, you know, and then I had started training Muay Thai, which is, you know, punches and kicks for, um, maybe about a year. And, uh, so it was October of 2018. I said, okay, one year from now, because, you know, I'm very goal oriented, date oriented. So I like to set a date for a goal, Mm -hmm. then work toward that. Because when you set a date for it, it gives an end date to your hard work. Right. And, and instead of just like, Oh, I'll just wait till I'm ready. It's forcing you to prepare to get ready for that date. Right. So it kind of, there's a deadline. I'm like, well, okay, I got a year. And so I was training for a year and then about three months, I knew that I wanted to train to fight in October. Uh, like that was just like the, the date that I had set. And so I was training for about a year and then, um, 2019 rolls around and it was like July of 2019. I'm like, okay, I'm three months out. Like that's about, uh, the length of focused training that professional fighters will take to really hone in their skills and prepare even harder for the actual fight. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, it's July 1st, let's go. So July, August, and September, so I had about three months and 20 days before the fight. I was like, it's time to step it up, gotta start training harder. And just to, to, uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, uh, digress a second here. <laughs> um, when I took my first Muay Thai class and we were doing some punching drills or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that training for MMA was going to be really hard. Yeah. And I wanted to put myself through like just the hardest thing possible because I figured if I can do an MMA fight, I can do freaking anything in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Because for one, it's scary. You know, you're going in, you know, you're going to get punched, kicked, I mean, the worst of the worst could happen. You could break bones, break your face, get seriously injured, or you could maybe even die. I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah, it's, a possibility. it's not super common, but it's happened, and it's mm-hmm. definitely a possibility. And I just, I just wanted to do something really hard. Um, and, you know, the first time I ever did Muay Thai, and we had to do, like, they were like, okay, we're going to do three-minute rounds, and you're going to punch, and you're going to do this combination. 
And like, I remember they, the timer went and I was like, it was like 20 seconds in. I couldn't even hold my arms up anymore. I was like, oh my gosh, how do people do this for five minutes? <laughs> I was like, I was punching and then I was like, okay, I'm out of gas. And I literally could not hold my arms up like in fight stance, you know, um, no. anymore. And I was like, I got a long ways to go. <laughs> and I just remember laughing because I'd already kind of considered myself like a fairly tough athlete. You know, I've been mm -hmm. training jujitsu, weight training, been into fitness for so many years and thought I was in decent shape, but I had a whole new respect for fighters in that moment. Cause I was like, man, you gotta be like in the best shape of your life. And then also have this crazy endurance like not stop, you know, cause in like weight training, you do like 15 reps and you stop rest, let your heart rate go back down. This is like, you have to have strength, power and endurance all in one. And I was like, man, I got a long ways to go. So fast forward to July 1st of 2019, a few months before my fight, step it up, start training harder. And I mean, I was scared. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I, first of all, it's in only three months and 20 days is my, or three months. Cause I hadn't had a, I didn't have a date yet, but I yeah. knew it was going to be October. And I was like, I got three months before the fight. I've been telling everybody. And I knew if I told people, right, you, the accountability, like you have to do it. Cause otherwise you're just like, <laughs> you know, like you just want to, you're a wannabe fighter. So I knew if I started telling people that I would follow through, right. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to get. I didn't want to the I, I didn't want that like social of uh, or what do you call it like when when people are like yeah you said you were gonna do it but then you didn't you wussed mm -hmm. out you know and so yeah. my ego wouldn't let me like yeah, troll you not sure. <laughs> so I was telling people so that I would for sure follow through because I was scared you know of course I mean who who isn't scared if anyone tells you they're not scared to go fight in MMA. They're freaking lying. Mm. Like everyone is scared. Some more than others probably or less than others, but it's scary, you know? And so I was like, man, I gotta tell people to make it real. So I'm like, okay, three months out, I, I acquired, a, not acquired, but I got a boxing coach to really like fine tune the, the boxing skills. And I was working with my Muay Thai coach to help with, you know, the Muay Thai, the punches, kicks and all of that. And then jujitsu, of course. And then I had a wrestling coach. An MMA coach and like all these coaches to help me learn all this stuff. I mean, it was so much. It's kind of what I did too. Yeah. yeah. Not, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, you just have this team of people helping you just refine all the details. And I was scared the three months before, especially because I'm like, it's only three months away. I'm, I'm scared. Like this is, I'm going to, you know, I just kept imagining. I was like, you're going to fight the, the scariest, most ruthless woman. So you need to train as if you're the scariest, most, most ruthless woman. And I was like, okay, because if my opponent is that freaking mean, I've got to be 10 times meaner than her to survive it. You know, and that was just like my mentality. I was like, I got to yeah. be mean and savage and like, rah, but controlled, you know, not emotional, like not angry and, and full of rage, but, mm -hmm. but like calculated, what was a good word? Calculated, um, I don't, I don't know. I have to come up with a better, but just calculated and vicious, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was a person who in, with my training partners, I'd like hit him in the face and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Like, and they're like, stop saying sorry. Like my one friend, Kara, <laughs> she finally was like, stop saying 
sorry. We're fighters, for God's sakes. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you think we're here for? I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to hurt you. You're my friend. She's like, you're not going to hurt me. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I was scared all the way up to my fight until the day of weigh-ins when I went and we had like the face-off. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, I was not scared anymore. We did the, the weigh-in and the face-off where, you know, we stand in like intimidation eyes yeah. at each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just remember looking at her, the girl, and she looked scared. Mm-hmm. And so I smiled. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, I just kind of whispered, you know, because there's like cameras, everyone's taking pictures and we're standing there like just like this to each other. And and she was like, she kind of like I could tell in her eyes like she was like kind of she was scared. Mm -hmm. And so I smiled. And in that moment, I just wasn't scared anymore. Mm -hmm. I was excited and I was ready to go. And even like the walkout, like going out into the cage and like my heart's beating, even like thinking about it, um, like walking out into the cage, like everything just felt so natural. Like I just felt like I was right where I was supposed to be, you know? And that was the moment that I was preparing for. So I felt so confident and it wasn't that I was like, oh, I'm such a bad, nothing, nothing like that. It was like, like I knew that I had been putting in the work every day for four months before that, for years before that, but really hardcore for the three, four months before. And it was just confidence that I had and I was excited to do it. And that's where we have to leave the interview for part one. Stay tuned for part two coming next week. Any information on how to contact or reach out to Shana, you can go to the show notes accompanying this episode at www.theandresegovia.com. Thank you so much, everyone, and I'll see you on the next one.